Welcome to Success with Style, everyone. I am Rob Giardinelli. Hi, everyone. I'm Lance Avery Morgan, and we are here with the, indeed, Camille Styles of CamilleStyles.com, Camille Styles Inc., Camille Styles LLC. <laughs> you created a dynasty. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to talk with you guys. Welcome. We're so happy to be here. You know, we're, we're here at your atelier. Is that what you're calling this? We call it the bungalow. The bungalow. The bungalow. Okay. Yes. Which is a lot of fun. And it is so beautiful from top to bottom. We were just sharing earlier about your um, your refurbishing challenges and opportunities, but you're here and you love it. And you've got your team swimming around and Thank you. doing their buzzing around and doing their thing to make CamilleStyles.com. Yes. It's the perfect size for us. We like to work really collaboratively. So, you know, a small space where we can get our stuff done. And to be honest, I just moved into this private office for the first time. I've, you're out in the bullpen before. I've always <laughs> resisted. I like being shoulder to shoulder, which probably drives everyone else crazy, but I started having more like one-on-one -on -one meetings okay, with good. team members, yeah, so I good. decided it was time. So it's yeah. fun, but luckily I can still see everyone, and I'm constantly yelling in that room. Fantastic. Which also <laughs> drives yelling, everyone yelling crazy. Yelling to them or yelling at them? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, trying to be part of the group. I'm oh, okay. like, hey, I'm still here. Talk to me. <laughs> Don't forget about the boss lady. <laughs> so I wouldn't, yell, I wouldn't call that at or to. I would call that yelling with. Yeah. That's yeah. true. That's a good point. Yeah. It's trying to fun. get, yeah, trying to get them to talk to me. <laughs> that's awesome. But it all started somewhere. I know Rob has his favorite first question that he likes to ask. And my favorite first question is, what is the first dollar you ever earned? Okay. Um, <laughs> well, can I share like, okay, so I feel like there's like the practice job and then the real first job. Sure, okay, go for it. Okay. Yeah. Heck yeah. So, well, I shouldn't say this is a practice job. I did it for like three years. But when I went to Mizzou, University of Missouri, um, before I even started there, the summer before, I got a job at the clinic counter on campus. So good. Oh, cool. I worked there almost all the way through college. It was a blast. And you wore the white lab jacket. Oh, I did. <laughs> I loved it. Um, but, you know, I think that what I learned from that job thinking back is just it was such a firsthand view of how everyone wants to feel beautiful right. and seen and like they matter. It was I think my favorite part of the job was just mm -hmm. when women would come in and be kind of like unsure or make a lot of excuses about how they knew nothing about makeup and they right. were kind of embarrassed about it. And then when they walked out, like feeling so good about themselves wow. and with a couple new tricks and tips and tools that they could take home with them. So right. I think just seeing that was a really interesting kind of human study that was really gratifying. So did you like know on that first day then, I want to pursue this this lane the rest of my, you know the rest of my life professionally. Well, I mean, I definitely it's fun that now I get to incorporate a lot of beauty in right. my career, but uh, there was a lot of years where I kind of didn't. So that was okay. not intentional. Um, but I think just at the core, really loving beauty in general, not just right. beauty products, but just beauty in life, whether it's um, you know, designing my bedroom when I was six years old to always loving clothes, um, loving art. And that's something that I think my mother really awakened in me from an early age. She is a major lover of beauty. And she's a very chic woman. We've met her and she's really cool. Yes. Chris yeah. Stiles is yeah. one of a kind. And I mean, even now, like Hi, Chris, she's probably <laughs> Chris. <listening. laughs> oh, for sure. In you know, in the middle of the day, I'll suddenly get a text message from her with a, you know, 
beautiful photo of the camellia that she's growing in her right. garden. Wow. Just because she needs to oh. share the beauty with someone. That's right. That's great. Oh. Yeah. And your name is Camille. So what are the yeah, chances? Yeah, she's got camellias. It's real, they're beautiful. <laughs> that is so fun. So did you, before you worked at the Clinique counter and you started your lifestyle dynasty as a teenager, did you like have a lemonade stand or babysit or anything like that? Yeah, I babysat. Yeah. I did chores around the house. Okay. Um, I mean, I did when I was 16, I did get a job at G&D Steakhouse as a hostess. Okay. Because and this my, is in Dallas, this in the is, Dallas no, area. No, this was when I was in Missouri. In Missouri still. Yeah, so okay, I have gotcha. kind of a like uh, winding, twisting um tale of where I lived. I was born in Fort Worth. We mm -hmm. moved to Missouri during my childhood. Yeah. I actually ended up staying there all the way through college. Um, my parents moved back to Texas, short stint in New York for me, and then yeah. to Austin for now most of Austin. my adulthood. Right. Yeah. So, but, um, but yeah, so I was a hostess. My parents told me that if I wanted to get a car, I had to earn as much as I could and they would match it. Great. Half so that half. was a great, that. that was a really, and then I worked, I mean, I've always worked since I was, since that very first job, when I was old enough to get a job, right. I've, I've always loved to work. Mm -hmm. So I've had tons of little, like I was a sales girl at Hollister at the mall. And like, awesome. I mean, I've done it all. <laughs> now that would have been a fun awesome. job as a teenager though. That would have yeah, been when super Hollister duper fun. Was that the was brand. the brand. Yeah. You know, it was a little, at the, at the time it was fun. Now it definitely has some me too moments. Like I remember the oh, first yeah. day of my job as a 16, year old I wore a bikini to work okay oh yeah. so like it now it seems a little icky <laughs> yeah that was part of the culture the part of the holiday it was the culture. culture at the time it was fun but wow <laughs> would I let my daughter do that never yeah no, isn't that interesting how things have changed in that short amount of time yeah I mean it's not like you're this ancient person I right. mean that wasn't that long ago <laughs> no, it wasn't it really right? wasn't wow yeah wow so what did you learn about working with these brands like Hollister and Clinique and and how did that help you form your own brand? Well, um, so right after college, I moved to New York for a very short period of time, just a few months. I worked unpaid as a fashion assistant for a fashion PR company, yeah. which uh, I learned so much. And they thought you should have paid them. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> I, I mean, I think I learned a lot about what I loved. And I also learned about a lot about what I didn't want with my life. I realized that as much as I thought that I wanted to work in the glamorous world of fashion, that... For me, fashion could be a side passion and wasn't necessarily something that I, when I was working in it, I kind of lost my passion for it, which okay. is interesting. So yeah. um, I realized that. I realized that I also didn't want to live in New York, that I really right. wanted more wide open space and sunshine. And, mm -hmm. um, and I had been to Austin to visit and just mm -hmm. kind of felt this connection with right. it. So I just up and moved. I didn't know a single person here. I had oh, I didn't know that. no connections, really? no that's, job. That's I did the same thing. Wow. I know yeah. I know so many people who live in Austin just because they love it. Yeah. Like for no other reason. Right. Which I think is really unique about our yeah, city. It's, it's part of the specialness of, mm -hmm. of being in Texas and being in Austin. It is. Yeah. And a lot of people like I always like to talk about when like it was like my Oprah moment, like with Chicago, where mm -hmm. I walked up the jet bridge when I came for the interview for the job that I eventually got. You just, I just felt something that it was like, I've got to be yeah. here. I don't know why. I don't know why yet. And it will unfold, but it's why fascinating. We love each other so it much. is. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And why we all love Austin. Yeah. Right. So I moved here. Um, I thought I wanted to work at an ad agency, applied, got an internship, and also got a side job as an event planner for a catering company and fell in love with it. Absolutely loved event planning. 
Lance, that's when I met you. I know it is. Very early on in my career. So how did you two first meet? I've always wanted to know this story. Well, we worked together at Brilliant Magazine, Mm -hmm. my first magazine. We profiled you with your book, Camille Stiles Entertains, in the Society Diaries. And we're going to get you into uh, Society Texas, of course, too, whenever you're ready. (laughs) Yeah, you've always been such a great supporter of me and my career. Well, I see your talent. I recognize your talent. Thank you. That's the main thing. Um, But yeah, so that was, I worked there for a couple of years, really fell in love with the world Mm -hmm. of event planning. And it it opened my eyes to just kind of a whole new industry that I didn't know existed and matched up really well with my passion for cooking and um, just aesthetics and entertaining and all of these personal passions that I had kind of came together in in a job that felt like it was so fun. I didn't really even feel like I was working. Right. so I started my own event planning company in 2008, Camille mm-hmm. Styles Events, and um, was kind of an accidental entrepreneur. I mean, it wasn't something that I set out to do from the beginning, mm-hmm. but I think I just hit that point when I was about 24 that I was like, I know how to do this. I know how to how to plan events and how right. to work with clients, and I'm just going to take the leap and see if I can do it for myself. Um I, at the same time, started my blog, CamilleStyles.com, as a total side creative outlet. Okay. I mean, this was really before. It was pre-Instagram, pre-Pinterest. Almost pre-blog, almost. Yeah. Yeah. People weren't like professionally blogging in my space, at least. Like influencer was not a word Mm, that people used. I'd never Mm -hmm. heard that before. So it wasn't something that seemed like a feasible career. Right. but I knew that I loved it. And very quickly, I found myself getting up early in the morning and staying up late at night, working on my blog right. um, while I was planning events during the day. Right. And, you know, I was a journalism major in college. I think that it allowed me to continue sort of writing and developing this like journalistic sensibility yes. that I had already laid a foundation for. Um, over time, I just, I realized that I was spending more time on my blog than I was actually spending on my event planning (laughs) business. And I started to learn how I could make money off doing it. Um, I sold my first couple sponsorships. I sold a couple of banner ads. And at some point my audience had just organically grown big enough where I realized that I could do it full time. Mm -hmm. Now, what was the, what was the biggest challenge? Cause it's, Event planning and doing creative outlet outlet content digitally are in some ways similar, but they're very different. What was the biggest challenge kind of gravitating from the event space into the individual space full time? Yeah, I mean, I really didn't know anything about the media world. Like, you know, even the most basic of all basic ad sales terms and things like that mm-hmm. were foreign to me. Yeah. So I really had to learn while doing um, and learn the hard way. I remember right. going to my first blogger conference very early on and I was in total fake it till you make it mode. In fact, <laughs> I had never sold a single banner ad in my life, but one of my friends was supposed to speak on a panel called how to monetize your website. Yeah. She got sick and they asked me to step in thinking that I like knew what I was doing. Wow. And I said, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have, I mean, I still can't remember what I said. Like it was the, also the first time I'd ever spoken on a panel. Trial wow. by fire. Trial by it. fire. I'm sure it was awful, but what it did do is it, it showed me that number one, sometimes you just have to dive in yes. and like that first time is always the scariest. So sure. it's kind of like ripping off a bandaid. Yeah. But afterwards I was approached by a couple of brands who wanted to work with me. 
Great. And they were wow. yeah, they were right. like, oh, this girl, you know, works with brands. So yeah. we like her site and, and let's find a way to work together. So that was a big eye opening moment for me. I had to rush home and figure out, OK, how do I implement a banner ad on my site? Right. <laughs> That's so great. I think that, you know, when so many people ask me, I've been working on this little side project forever. How will I know when it's time to launch? And I'm a big proponent of just launching because it's going to be bad at the beginning, most likely, except for, you know, unless you're a total prodigy, it's going to suck at the beginning. And that's okay. Um, And the only way to learn is just to do it. In this space, there's no, there's no like path that's written out for you. There's no really way to, you don't go get your major in blogging. Um, or even digital media. There, I'm sure there are majors nowadays for all of those things, social yeah. media, but I don't know that you can really learn it until you're in the world right. seeing the way that people are responding and seeing what resonates with your audience. Those are all things that you have to just learn by doing. Right. Well, and it's it's also a space that every six months it changes so much because like you had said earlier, there was no social media really when you first started. I mean, Facebook was pretty young and it certainly it was still more of a connecting thing than it was post your business ads mm-hmm. on it. So talk about the the transition or having to add social media in with your existing content because that was only five or six years ago, but it was very yeah. the wild west. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's still changing. Like you said, constantly, even social media, you know, what is resonating with people, what, how advertisers are working with Um, influencers or creators it's constantly changing Mm -hmm. but I think that it I've really I've really had some different journeys with social media through the years and it's taken me a while to figure out the right relationship with social media in terms of how it served my business right because it looks so different for everyone Mm -hmm. I know so many people whose core audience is on Instagram and they're killing it in that space for me my focus has always been the website Mm -hmm. You know, that's it's a property that I own. Mm-hmm. Um, I own all the content there. I feel the most creative. You know, I light up when I'm able to get with my team and ideate all of our content for the coming month and assign stories and really play that editor in chief role among right. our different contributors. That's what makes me feel the most fulfilled. And it's the way that we really speak to most of our audience. I mean, the our, we have a much bigger audience on the site than we do even across our socials because that's really where we engage. Okay. Um, well, and it's very visual too, and you're a very visual person. Yeah, it's very visual. You know, we have um, a production team that produces beautiful photos and videos mm-hmm. and um, just being able to storytell in a deeper way yeah. on the site. So right. I think for a while, I really tried to figure out, okay, where does social fit into that? Should I be creating content that's just for social or I would get um I would get frustrated because I you know I I was getting there was a period of time where the I felt like the algorithm Mm -hmm. was like not showing our content to a lot of our audience which was frustrating and then I kind of had this wake-up call where I was like you know what Instagram is a great tool for talking in real time with our community Mm -hmm. and sharing what's on the website with them And I love doing those things. You know, that's where I can just be a little more off the cuff and have an ongoing conversation. But the website is really, it's my focus and it's what I love. And it's what I want to continue to evolve through the years, even with all the ups and downs and changes in the social media landscape. 
Well, now for those two people out there who have not been to Mm CamilleStyles.com, walk us through your digital platform and the components and the departments and what they mean to you, if you don't mind. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Well, it's really interesting to see if you look back in some of my earlier posts to see the way the site has evolved through the years. In the beginning, like I said, I started it when I had my event planning business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was kind of Martha Stewart inspired. It was a lot of how to plan the perfect party and how to impress your guests and you know, there's nothing wrong with those things if they make you happy. But over the years, the brand and the messaging and the stories have become a lot more. Um, they embrace imperfection and authenticity mm-hmm. in a lot bigger yeah, way. Keeping it real. It's yeah, much more real. And I still I love to talk about entertaining. And we do a lot of content about how people gather in each other's homes and what that looks like and how to make it stress free. Right. But um, it's a lot more about just living your best life and yeah. being present. Mm-hmm. So that's, we talk now about our verticals are entertaining, food, travel, mm-hmm. wellness, design, beauty. And across all of those channels, we're really focusing in on our brand slogan, which is live life like you mean it. Mm-hmm. We want to empower our audience to be very purposeful in every area of their life and realize that in all of these lifestyle categories, they can have so much fun and feel fulfilled and, um, you know, just enjoy life more. That's kind of the goal with all of these, but that really it's about being present and living your fullest life. However, that looks for you. I think it feels like, and you know, cause I've been to your side and I've seen it evolve with you. And I'm, again, I'm so proud of how you've, you know, created this empire. It feels like it's the digital equivalent to slow fashion, mm-hmm. right? So it's thoughtful, it's sustainable. It's like you say, living in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think the world really can benefit from more of that because we live in such a go-go, rush, rush, post-post world Yeah, that it yours is sort of, it. it's not that it's antithetical, mm-hmm. but it, it really embraces the thoughtfulness behind a good life. Yeah, thank you. That's that means so much to hear. I think it's surprising to people sometimes when we talk about things like the importance of unplugging from your phones right. or really disconnecting from technology because yeah. my business is built on technology mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. 75% of our audience is ingesting our content on their mobile phones. Mm-hmm. But I just, you know, I, we're taking sort of a long view of really mm-hmm. wanting our audience to discover, like you said, Lance, how to slow down and how to just, how to be really fully present wherever you are. And it's inspired by my own struggles. I mean, that's it's, it's I've grown up. Um, I think, you know, I'm in my thirties now. I think I've reached a point where I've evolved a lot more into, um, just a person who realizes what's important to me. And I know now like what, what those things are in my life that really bring true happiness. Right. Um, and so naturally those are the things that I like to talk about on the site and that feel really authentic because Mm -hmm. it's what's on my heart and on my mind and what I find myself talking about with all my girlfriends. Absolutely. You know, those are the things that I always want to be exploring. Exploring. (laughs) Well, with with the evolution of content, how much do you think being a parent has influenced that evolution? I think hugely. Um, we don't talk about parenting and kids a lot on the site, um, just because it's there's so there are so many sites that are doing right. parenting content really well. But I have started talking about it more just from a personal mm-hmm. point of view in yeah. terms of current struggles that I'm going through or certain things that I've learned. Um, that's something that our audience has really been asking a lot more for because I think our audience has grown up too and a lot more yeah. of them have children now and are navigating wanting to live their fullest lives 
um, as people and also as parents. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing is just since I became a mom, I realized in a whole new way just how quickly our lives pass by and what a short time we have to really seize the day as cheesy as that sounds, you know, you, I think there's nothing like kids to make you not want to miss any of those little moments. Um, and that kind of expands to all of my life now. So Mm -hmm. it's just given me a a deeper appreciation for, um, just the fact that every day is important and not wanting to waste any of it. That's fantastic. Yeah. And so your very handsome and talented husband, Adam, yes. I would imagine, <laughs> feels the same way and is a part of that journey. He's, I mean, I'm so lucky to have a sounding board who loves to talk about all of these things, plus all of my harebrained ideas uh, that I'm always having. He's, he's, he's my best sounding board and so supportive. But yeah, we've really been on this journey together, I That's think. Great. Um before we had kids, but even more so now as parents together and really looking at where are we, you know, how do we celebrate where we are, but also always be looking at where we want to be going. And when we make commitments to new projects or new, um, new ideas, we Mm want to make sure that they're in line with kind of that picture of our lives of, of where we want to go. You know, it's, I don't know that I love that phrase I've been hearing lately called it's when people say to design your life, right, it feels right. a little uh, rigid to me, yes. but I do like the idea behind it, which mm-hmm. is like thinking about the big picture of what you yeah. want your life to look like mm-hmm. and then making sure that your decisions are in line with that. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with making goals, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. both short term and long term, which is the perfect segue to my next question is what are your goals as you progress with CamilleStyles.com? You've had a wildly successful um, coffee table book, best-selling coffee table book, you know, are there plans for more of that in the future mm-hmm. as well as how do you, how do you envision and the, the digital platform and, and cause we want you to inspire our listeners with what, you know, what you're seeing out there. Yeah. So, you know, like we said before, the technologies are changing so quickly. I try, when I think about long-term goals, I try not to make them specific to right. one platform or looking one way because it's always changing and I want to stay nimble so that mm-hmm. I'm always being innovative. Right. Um, but you know, I still have overarching goals with the content itself and that yeah. can look so many different ways, but I want to just continue to go deeper. Like when we're telling stories about how people host gatherings in their home, mm-hmm. I, I want to go deeper in terms of like pulling out those really like universal themes or amazing pieces of advice or incredibly creative ideas mm-hmm. to inspire our audience, like yeah. going deeper in that storytelling. Yeah. Um, I think that's a big goal of mine that I have some cool ideas for that I want to bring to life in the next year. Um, I, I, I do have a book that's kind of in the incubation phase, so I won't say too much about okay, it because yeah. I'm still really ruminating over how it's going to come right. to life, but it is, it will be more of a narrative style book. Great. Um, that is about my own journey with learning to live a more intentional life, mm-hmm. um, and all of the fails and failures and struggles that have gotten me there, both the more right. serious and like the funny and yeah. ridiculous. That's good. I think it makes it you even more relatable than you already are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because I think people want to see that um, the 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 real side of not everything's perfect. And sure, we can try and design our lives. And what mm-hmm. you see on Instagram is usually not what you get in real life. But, you know, we can at least aspire to that. Yeah. And I think that if there's one trend that I could really identify in terms of the social space and just um, lifestyle content as a whole, mm-hmm. 
it's really just a move towards people want that realness and they want the authenticity. And um, I'm trying to do that in a way that doesn't feel trendy or doesn't Mm -hmm, feel like I'm trying to be in quotes authentic. I want to be real, but I also want to capture, I think, the beautiful side of real everyday life. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I believe that real doesn't have to equate with like not thoughtful or Mm -hmm. sloppy Mm -hmm. or um, non-aspirational at all. I Mm -hmm. think there's so much beauty in the Mm -hmm. everyday. So the the trick is finding ways to really capture that and show it off to its fullest beauty. Yeah. Well, that's inspiring too for our listeners because, you know, what is misinterpreted as real out there is like, yes, that's not, how I want to live my life. That's not real to me. That's just sloppy. Right. And we don't have to feel depressed. Like I don't want to be, sometimes people ask me like, when I scroll through my Instagram feed, I end up feeling depressed afterwards. And I'm always like, you know, you might be following the wrong people, either following people who are sending negative messages out there that are just bringing you down. Or maybe you're following people who they're triggering some kind of like, you know, envy or competitiveness or making you feel less than somehow. So on that, I mean, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here, but on on that, on that, I would say like really give a edit of who you're following and Mm -hmm. follow the people that make you feel good and that bring a smile to your face and that you actually want to engage with on the platform. And then I think social media can become something that is more life giving and hopefully not soul crushing. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. So real attracts real. Mm -hmm. What you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and speaking of keeping it real. So what advice would you give to somebody who's, who's at a point where they need to start to hire a team around them? Cause you've got a really, great team and a really mm-hmm. a, a team that's been very consistent yeah what what are some traits to look for you know you would give advice you would give for somebody to look for when they have to make that step and start to hire you know hire a team because it's become bigger than one person can handle yeah I am so lucky to have the team that I do it's truly like the most joyful part of my job is working with these creative women and have been so fortunate that you know, a lot, several of us have worked together for a long time. Right. Um, Especially Chanel. Chanel She's has your, been with me from the early days. First lieutenant. Yeah. She incredible. worked with me back when I had Camille Stiles events. We yeah. worked on parties oh, together. Oh, wow. I remember. Yep. Um, so, number one, I would say to do it sl- as slowly as possible. Okay. I think a lot of the secret to me being able to build a profitable website from the the very early days of my business is that I kept things as lean as possible. Mm-hmm. We officed out of my house for many years mm-hmm. um, yeah. and were able to save money on paying rent that I was able to use to start hiring some people. Right. Um, most of our hires started as interns and okay. we were yeah. really able to spot something really special in them and then begged them not to leave us and we're able to find a place for them. So, you know, I think that that's a really great opportunity to be able to start establishing a working relationship with someone. And maybe it's not an intern, maybe it's a freelancer Mm -hmm. who you collaborate with in some way. And then when budget allows being able to potentially bring them on as a full-time team member. So I think just doing it little by little inch by inch, um, you know, I try my rule of thumbs. I try not to make a new hire, um, until we are at the point where like someone's going to spontaneously combust because they're so busy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which are, these are champagne problems as I like to call exactly. it. Exactly. Right? And then it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. now we can hire someone. But sure. you know, I, 
before that, I try to think outside the box and say like, okay, can we reallocate some of these responsibilities? Can we outsource something? Can someone on the team take on someone else's? Uh, so just figuring right. out like collaboration, can we be creative and figure yeah. out a way to distribute these responsibilities instead of hiring someone? Um, but if we need to, then we do it. And then we interview really carefully and, um, you know, I definitely, I, I do rely on quite a bit of gut instinct with hiring. Okay. I think usually Smart. I just, I kind of know. Yeah. Yeah. Either they are, either they get you and your vision or they don't. Mm -hmm. There's no. Yeah. You learn like those little red flags where you're just like, I, this isn't going to jive. And right. then I, I just have learned to not ignore them ever. Right. Yeah. That's, that's like in all areas. Always trust life. your gut. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how you open your book, your mm -hmm. next book. I mean, yeah. cause that instinct is so powerful and when we and when we don't pay attention to it things go awry mm -hmm. they just do yeah learn that the hard way too totally yeah. oh it's so true yeah so many of those things that you wish hadn't played out the way they did you can right. look back and identify one little thing that you right. sort of pushed to the side and yeah. said oh we'll figure that out later right <laughs> right or i'm sure she wears gold glitter platforms <laughs> you know because it's a, a, a whatever a style thing or, right or yeah whatever. we're not little hiring her for her right. taste in shoes but kind of <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm kidding no that that wouldn't be part of your realness and your authenticity <laughs> but it does speak to someone in what their vision is that it's not yeah you, right yep. it's not, and it's okay if they have their vision it's just not yours mm -hmm. yeah right okay so it's 2019 now give us a snapshot of 2024 i'm gonna i'm gonna pin you down on that one. Oh, okay i mean as you I conquer think, the world you know okay i'll be that's in five years, five years yeah that will be the big four oh for me oh my god i'll be a 40 year old woman and so i'm like okay what do i want to be as a 40 year old i think that's kind of how i think about it interesting i love um, that and I think for me, I want to be someone who really feels able to carve my own path and whatever it is mm -hmm. that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I'm not making decisions based on other people's opinions. Mm -hmm. um, I just, you know, don't give a shite. To what I'm <laughs> she thinking. doesn't give one shiitake mushroom for that. <laughs> um, you know, I think that's, I really, the, when I think about the people that I admire most, especially women that are a little further along in life than me, mm -hmm. it's the women who have in some way of their own been trailblazers mm -hmm. and just yep. done things on their own terms. So I think that's like a big picture goal for me. I love that. Um, I would love to still be able be be able to continue creating content, mm -hmm. however that looks, whether mm -hmm. it's more photo driven or more um, more narrative style. I I just love creating, and I think right. that's something that I've always known I would do in my life. Yeah. I didn't know how it would look, but I knew I wanted to create, and that's when I'm happiest. Good. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'd Those love to be able to spend yeah, a little more are, time by the water somehow. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I think, you know, everything kind of comes in an ebb and flow. And, you know, I think like with social media, I think there's going to be probably an ebb back to storytelling that it, as robust as it is now, I think it's only going to multiply in the next couple of years as people people seek and look to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that we're, as humans, we're inherently drawn to great stories. Yeah. And we're inherently drawn to people's stories. True. Um, I mean, that's, even the best, like, nonfiction book is mm -hmm. so boring if there's no thread throughout it. So right. I think that I, I completely agree. I, even Instagram and social media, there is the ability to, to tell many stories in your own way. I think the the best influencers in that space are telling little stories through their feeds. But I do think that there 
is a move back for a lot of us to a little bit of a more thoughtful way mm-hmm. of existing and right. having a bit of time and space to just think and be with ourselves and remember like who we are at our core and spend time with the people we care about. And when things are so short and fast and said right. in so many characters, it's hard to really capture that essence. So right. yeah, I think there'll always be a place for great stories. You had mentioned women that, who you admire. Who are some of your style icons, both past and present? Who do you love? Who, who do you think, okay, I get her yeah. or identify with? You know, I think that, like I said, women who are, are trailblazers and, and the way that we dress or look might not look similar at all, but mm-hmm. I think that there's, in some ways, I would like aspire to be like them in some some okay. some That's way good. of their style. Here's yeah. an example. So of that. like Georgia O'Keeffe. Oh gosh, great I example. I love. I mean, I'm so drawn to like yeah. her aesthetic, her art, mm-hmm. of course. I love that. I've read a couple of her biographies, yeah. and she just is so inspiring in the way that she truly was a trailblazer. Right. I mean, she did. She did whatever like her heart was telling her to do, even if it was completely different from society standards right. um, and was way ahead of her time in like the boho chic look. Totally. So, yeah. Um, and I and I do love just like the colors and the washed mm-hmm. out shades of so much of her work. Right. Um, she's one. I love Diane von Furstenberg, mm-hmm. another woman whose biography I was very inspired mm-hmm. by. Um, she's been through so many struggles and failures and challenges in her life, you know, on the brink of bankruptcy and the way that that woman has been able to come back over and over and over and Mm -hmm. have so many different lives is just incredibly inspiring. And I love in terms of her aesthetic, I love the way that she made like a sportiness and an active lifestyle chic. And and that's something that I, you know, when I get dressed every morning, I want to like the way I look, but I have to love the way that I feel Mm -hmm. and I have to not think about what I'm wearing because I want to be able to fully live life and do whatever comes at me. And I think that women like Diane von Furstenberg and even like Coco Chanel, Mm -hmm. I mean, she was like definitely before her time in terms of bringing like an athleticism to fashion that wasn't there before. And I love that. Mm hmm. So it's really a healthy approach to things, mm-hmm. right? I mean, women you have mentioned have a healthy approach, and they're also very resilient mm-hmm. and have fortitude, which yes. I think speaks yeah. to what you possess and what you you also aim for. Well, resiliency right? is one of my favorite words. Yeah, it's such a great it's quality. A, it's a sustainable word. Yeah, right. It's a real word. Mm-hmm. What do you appreciate about you? resilience? I think that I just have been able to see in action through the years what a secret to success it is. Mm-hmm. Like in every yeah. sphere of life, yeah. um, I do think I'm a resilient person and it's a quality that I've really come to embrace. And even sometimes when I want to like dwell a little bit on the negativity of something that's happened, like I, I can even remind myself, right. you're mm-hmm. resilient. Like yeah, you're going right. to bounce back. from this quickly and I do and I think that it's something reminding people that they have an inner resilience within them Mm -hmm. um, even if it hasn't fully awakened yet that's something that can be a really powerful way I think of moving past difficult things in our lives just to realize like that's something that we all have in us as humans and it's kind of a superpower right because things happen I mean it's not it's not a a day at the beach every day for a lot of folks right so that resilience is really important to to not only know that you'll get through it and there will be the next day at the beach, but also to remind yourselves that this is just part of how we grow. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's not 
when it's not if something happens it's mm -hmm. when so right yeah yeah just taking it as it comes and being able to just have a little bit of an acceptance yeah, of it right and then realize that you can't control every circumstance but you can certainly control the way you respond that's right. exactly that's right. absolutely true absolutely yeah true. that's true i always say that you can't you can't change people all you can change is how you view them it's such a right it's such an aha moment that like it's like if we could remember that, I need, we need to all have yeah. it on a post-it note on the bathroom mirror. <laughs> we <really> do. <laughs> it's like so Wait, easy to forget in the tattoo. moment. Here's my tattoo. Here's my tattoo that reads say, exactly those words. I was going to say, for some of our younger listeners, the 80s was the bumper sticker era. Yeah. Like, that needs to be the next bumper sticker. It needs to be on every car in America. Yeah. But it would save all of us so yeah. much pain if yeah. we could just realize that and like really internalize it and yeah. allow us to enjoy all the people in our lives so much more if right. we weren't trying to change them. I agree. And that's a control thing mm -hmm. that we've kind of gotten wired to do because we can control so many things in our life now, yep. but we, but other people can't do it. Yeah. It's futile. Why yep. bother? It's a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. Don't expect something from someone that they really, they can't or just are never going to give yeah. you. Enjoy all the other things about right. them. Yeah. It's just not, it's just not their wheelhouse mm -hmm. and it's okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So back to entertaining because you mm -hmm. have done a lot, you know, with event planning. We love to ask this question. I can only imagine how fun this answer is going to be from you. Who are five people from history that can either be alive or not alive that you would invite to a dinner party that you would host? Oh, I love this question too. I think it would definitely be people who are um, interesting to me somehow mm -hmm. and also who are going to be a little irreverent and not be afraid to talk about like the big dinner party known as, you know, sex and politics. Yes, like, please. Bring it on. <laughs> come, sit, come sit by Camille. <laughs> exactly. If you want that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think about people like, well, if we're resurrecting from the dead, I mean, Georgia O'Keefe would surely be invited. I think she she would definitely have some spicy things to bring to the conversation. But, um, you know, I think like Ina Garten, the oh, yeah. OG so food fun. celebrity. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I think she'd be really fun. And I'd just be asking her all the questions about food and entertaining and just like her. And um, I actually earlier this year had the opportunity to be at a dinner party with Esther Perel, the oh, yeah. like wow. world renowned sex and eroticism therapist. Yes. It was probably the best dinner party of my life because <laughs> me and 10 other women got to ask her wow. every question in the book and that's she's just fascinating. incredible. Well, you know you would have to sit her and Ina next to each other because Ina's whole mantra is she doesn't talk about that. So oh, that would, yeah. that that would be really I'd like fascinating break, I'd like to see. to see Ina break a sweat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she never does. That's totally. So That's hilarious. Um, let's see. I love kind of on the food, the thread of food still. I love Alice Waters. Of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Chez um, yeah. I've never right. met her. I'd love to, but she, I've read so many books about her and been so inspired by just what a visionary mm -hmm. she was. Um, okay, we'll bring a male to the table. I'm Besides your husband. <laughs> oh, okay, Adam. And dad, yeah. Adam has to be at every dinner party of mine. Uh -huh. um, no, I'm watching a documentary right now. It's a four-part docu-series about Rick Rubin. Yeah, yes. Like Fascinating. A music, music producer, guy, yeah. founded Def Jam Records, now produces yeah. 
the most talented artists in the world out of his house in Malibu. Yeah, he's kind of the new Clive Davis. Don't yeah, you think? he's I mean, amazing. Yeah. And he's like a, also a Zen master, yeah. you know, okay. does um, transcendental meditation every morning. And this documentary is so inspiring just in terms of number one, like if we could all be as Zen yeah. <laughs> as he is, it's pretty right, amazing. Right. Um, and just the way that he engages right. and listens to the people who come through the doors of his studio. But um, also just the way that he, again, going back to the theme of doing things on his own terms, he really mm -hmm. encourages the people that he mentors mm -hmm. to not be looking for external validation, right. but to do what inspires them. Yeah. And I think that that's, yeah. I just love to have a conversation with him about that. I think that's all. I think all of these are in the works. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, some your next book, there's your next book. Yeah. Right yes. there. Oh my gosh. Your, my your dinner with the five of them. With, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and beyond. That'd wow. Be awesome. Yeah. I mean, oh, yes, fun. there's so many others, but stop me. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, we actually do have to stop you because we're running out of time. I know. I know you're a busy person. You've got 27 posts to edit and 18 stories to assign, and that's just today. Well, I've always got time to talk to you guys. This is the best form of procrastination. Well, well, thank you. Same here. <laughs> well, before we go, we always like to end with this question, yeah. and that is, what do you think? What is one thing you think all stylish people possess? Hmm. I think that just a zest for life, being fully present wherever they are, mm -hmm. doesn't matter how old someone is, what they're wearing, what they look like. It, I mean, all of that is surpassed when right. you see someone who is so engaged with the present moment and who right. is fully listening and fully appreciating. That to me is the most stylish quality anyone can have. Yeah, I agree completely. And I would say that if you want a big old scoop of that, you go to CamilleStyles.com every <laughs> Thank day. Thank you. Right? <laughs> that is absolutely the case. Awesome. Well, everyone, we're so excited to have you, Camille. It's been so much fun. Thank you. This and has been so you're going to have to come back when, when the book's ready and be, I would and love be on the to. show again. If not before. If not before. I'd love when it's fully birthed. Yeah. <laughs> right. Post labor. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Well, everyone, I'm Lance Every Morgan. And I'm Rob Giardinelli, signing off on Success with Style, reminding you of a great style starts by having a unique point of view. Have a great day, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye.